Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Anne Samoylov, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I am in the middle of reevaluating all of my launchy poos and also bringing in the information that I have from some of my best clients, the ones who have the six-figure and seven-figure launches, and looking at how and if I should implement those in my own business. This is kind of a process that I do before every single promotion or as I'm getting ready to put the plans in place for my upcoming launches. And the one I'm working on right now, just so you guys know, at the time of this recording, I am about I'm about a week out from a webinar that I'll be hosting uh, in October, late October. And the reason I'm doing this webinar, just because I love being completely open and letting you guys in on all these secrets, and they're not really secrets anyway. So I'm always like, why am I keeping this secret? Um, is that I always do an early bird enrollment for people who want to join Fearless Launching. And the next live class of Fearless Launching, where I'll be teaching that, and I'll be, that's that's kind of the, you, you, get, to, you get my attention a couple times a year, generally, Though this year we only did one live class, but next year we are moving back to two live classes. So basically, I am doing the early enrollment phase. That is coming up very, very soon. But also, I'm doing the webinars. You know, I I don't think there's ever any time when doing a webinar is bad because even if you have nothing to sell, you need that practice. And as I've learned from my friends over at Entrepreneur on Fire, Kate Erickson just told me, she's like, hey, we did like 65 webinars and then we had it down. You know, after after just one, you're not going to have it down. So if you wait to do webinars throughout the year, for that one time when you're actually promoting something, it's kind of scary, right? So that's why I'm doing a webinar in just over a week from now. That, and then also, you know, I like to try new things to open up my early enrollment. Generally though, I only email out and I only share that early enrollment with people who are on the interest list, who've joined the interest list sometime in the last few years. And actually I reach out to anybody who's still on that list and and hopefully have a good crew of people that are really excited about joining the program. So regardless, today though I want to talk about three launch tweaks that I discovered through accidents, mistakes and unintentional hacks. And I and I laugh at that because some some people might think, "Oh wow, Ann, that's a really good tactic." But the truth is <laughs> I I swear these were wrong turns or just You'll you'll see when I share them with you. So um, before I get into that, though, make sure that if you are interested in learning about Fearless Launching, which really is the only course of its kind, it's not a product launch formula um, dupe. It's not a launch it and profit dupe. This is specifically, this is a really unique program that kind of pulls together the nuts and bolts of what it takes to actually figure out what your project and your offer is to delivering it. So there's a lot of strategy, there's a lot of planning, and there's a lot of support. And that's what Fearless Launching is all about. 
All right. So let's get into those three launch tweaks. Before we do that, who doesn't like a good story about a wrong turn that changed everything? I mean, I'm raising my hand high here because when you discover things by accident, I'm using my air quotes in your business, they seem like they were almost destined to happen. Like, oh, I really loved this and it just became my business or whatever. I mean, maybe that's a bigger, it's not really an accident. But basically, you start thinking that all your decisions led to this one moment where things maybe broke down, things weren't going well, but then they exploded your business. And the truth about moving the needle, and because we, I hear this a lot, I say this a lot, like what is the thing that's going to move the needle, that's going to get me the response that I finally want? But here's the truth about that. You can move anything. You can't move anything. Unless you're testing, you're trying things, and you're acknowledging what works. So if you're just putting your stuff out there, you're not testing anything new, you're not trying anything new, and you're not acknowledging what works so you can keep doing those things, then you can't move anything. And launches generally are great times to try new things. But I will say that if your business isn't is, is fairly new, then... I say start small. When you're trying new things, it's like the second or the third time, but you always want to be very moderate and very, not hesitant, but very careful about adding things. And if you do timed scheduled launches, like they happen once a year, twice a year, three times a year, they're they're really like, it's a great time to try new things, but it's also perfect timing for things to go wrong. Um, and then for things to go wrong and for you to you know put on your problem-solving entrepreneur hat and get them to go right again because they last for a specific period of time. It's not like this is your business. This is like a specific period of time. Um, you set goals, which even if you didn't tell anybody or yourself, in your head somewhere is the goal of what you want to do. Um, with this launch. You try a bunch of stuff you might not normally do in your business. I mean, maybe you generally blog every single week and have a podcast, but during your launches, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that this week. And you get close to it and redo it anytime you want. So you do get close to the actual idea of launching and it becomes, oh, (laughs) And number four, oh my gosh, that's so funny. I can't even read my own notes. You get to close it. So if it's not working the way you thought it would, close the doors. That's not the only reason to close your doors early. And people close their doors early. It could be because they're full and they just don't want to, they, they want to close it down because they've got plenty of people in their whatever, in their customer base. So that's the great thing is though, you get to close it and open it anytime you want. So for me, I sat down over the weekend just now and started looking at some of my own past launches, especially my early enrollments for Fearless Launching, which, as I said, is coming up again soon. So if you want to know about that and what that kind of includes, definitely head over to fearlesslaunching.com and you'll find everything. So I've been on this like kick to go in, see what really did work for those launches, see what then I did the next time to prove that it was a working strategy and then grab it and do it again. And, you know, it was really interesting what I discovered is that (laughs) I found one early enrollment, or actually I found one launch where I did not send closing emails. And I'm like, what the, what, what was going on there, girl? So 
you can just by going back and kind of tracing, retracing, even just your emails that were sent out, you can be like, oh, well, no wonder this launch did way better than that launch. Uh, Because there was one particular launch that did so well. We got like the right people in. It was all very exciting. It was a great session. And I was like, what was so flipping special about this one? Anyways, Too many times we think we need to change things up when we launch as if the change alone is going to excite people. And the truth is, you know, and I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of forgetting this fact, but your new look, your new bonus, your new whatever only goes so far. People do rely on knowing what you're about, what you offer. If you're giving them a moving target all the time, even if it's new and juicy stuff, then how can they feel centered and focused and not scattered, which is kind of the the struggle of the entrepreneur in the first place? So if you want people to have that sense of um, stability, you really should think about what you're adding to the mix. So if you generally do three videos and a webinar, well then, how about you stick to that? And then just add a few other cool things to kind of throw some sparks in the fire. Anyways, people people do need that stable base. So think about that when you're doing things or you're launching things a second time. Evolve, but provide stability for people. So anyways, what I discovered, I've been doing all along, were three things that honestly, they were not well thought out or even strategic in any way, but actually have had quite an impact on the way my launches have gone since then and have had an impact on the way I do business in general and how I connect with people on and offline. So it was really bizarre. And if you've done mildly successful launches in the past and are looking for your own new strategies, or if you've never launched anything before, or maybe you've just thought about it, but aren't sure you're ready, you you really want to pay close attention because these three things fall under the heading of best practices for not having, (laughs) we're not having more lucrative launches. So if you don't, if you're not having a lucrative launch, you got to go this route where you look for these things. That's the bottom line. And as, as today's title does say, discovering these three strategies or really approaches to launches have had the most noticeable in- impact on my sales. That is what I think we're all here for is to see how, do, how can I improve my sales? And depending on what you're launching, these may or may not be right for you and your business, but I do challenge you to ask, huh, how can I do something like this? Now, I know that my own launches. So here's here's kind of like where where I started with this whole thing. Okay, I know that my own launches need to be seen by more people. I tend to be super quiet when it's it's easier to promote other people. You know how it goes. And because when you're visible to your right people, they will take action. Unless you show up, unless you're that squeaky wheel, they are not going to pay attention. I want more, wanted more sales for my launches. I wanted more subscribers as a result of my launches. I wanted to engage with people and give them my attention and value, even if they didn't buy during my launches, because who knows, they might buy next time. And I've had people who've been on my list for like two years and then they finally bought Fearless Launching, which I thought was funny. But anyway, sometimes I need a dose of my own medicine. So really today's podcast is fully inspired by you know, and I'm, I'm a person who is inspired by external forces and pushed by the energy that other people bring to things. So 
My friend Amy Porterfield recently did a post on her site about tweaks she made to her webinars. And hello, she is a pro at webinars. So just like I know that I'm a pro at being a launch boss, at, about helping people with their launches, even I need a, a good talking to once in a while. So I kind of channeled my friend Amy and then I wrote this. And I challenged myself to find strategies in these past launches that had given me unexpected amazing even results so that I could systematize them, figure out why they worked, and then make them really part of my ongoing way of of just doing business. So here's what I came up with. And if you're enjoying this content today about sales, improving your sales, I want to ask you to head over to the show notes and When you get over there, you're going to see you have a special sign up to come to my upcoming webinar, which really is all about increasing sales and and figuring out why people aren't buying from you during your launches. Okay, back to my tweaks. Let's get into this. Okay, number one, the personal touch. So I've always made it my mission to be as personal as possible in the way I do everything with my business, would teach my classes, work with my clients. And this goes for even when I was doing other business, like when I was teaching Pilates or I was, um, I was running a Pilates studio in Los Angeles and, and I had lots of personal clients. I had group clients, so I had lots of different people, but my mission has always been to be personal. So it goes without saying that finding that right way to connect with people during lunch can be super powerful, especially if you do it in a way that feels very personal. So right about the time when when I discovered this specific personal touch, and I've got a few different ones, but I'm going to share this one. Um, The other ones I will share with you if you're on the webinar, but I'm just going to stick with the one today. So my voice memo habit started. So voice memo is an app that's on the iPhone. I would just kind of record things. I think I went through a phase when I was earlier this year recording my recording my actual podcast on that which was funny but i was literally so tired of writing emails so tired of typing and so i opened up my phone and started recording and then i would send a reply to people who were reaching out this started inside the program fearless launching but then i started just using it as my way of responding to people during the launch and I don't know about you, but there's something about getting a voicemail from someone, you feel it. Uh, like a voice memo, it's even better. Uh, is If anybody has ever done that for you, like a teacher, someone you you respect, someone, someone you just admire, like I can imagine, like if I got an, I'm trying to like think of someone who I would be like, oh my God, is this for real? But I did actually get one. I would say 2014 or 2013 from my coach at the time, Erica Learmark. And I was like, oh my God, is this really for me? Now she didn't do just me. She didn't send one just to me, but she did create that specific recording to me. And I felt it. So for me, it's easy to hit record, zero sweat. So I didn't leave the customer service to someone else during my lunch. And maybe that's not super smart, but I know I'm the one who can really sell it to people as far as it or or decide if they they should even join the program or not. Not only did I respond via these little audio notes, but I also made a point of telling people honestly if fearless launching was right for them. And the results were obvious and immediate. Many people I spoke to like this bought quickly within 24 hours. And I wasn't 
I didn't say, oh, I've got to respond to these people because they're going to buy. I just said, I just have to respond to these people. So now I'm constantly on the lookout for other ways to engage with people personally that are also easy for me. I just couldn't believe it, actually. It really did shock me when that happened. And uh, another little note, which I'll go into more detail on on that uh, on our webinar next week, but the one thing that I was even more shocked about was when I told people not to buy, and they did. I, I would actually give them a very real reason that they shouldn't, that maybe it wasn't right for them. And it was almost like something clicked in them to say, yes, I am ready. And then they purchased. So that was an interesting discovery as well. Okay. Number two, the plan. So this is the tweak. So don't groan. I I swear you will like my approach to planning because I've been planning for many, many years, but Planning in advance to me doesn't mean every single thing in the launch has to be done before you open the doors. And it doesn't have to be without, you know, there are things that are going to happen during the launch. Um, there, there are changes you're going to want to make. There are reactions from people that you, you'll need to address. Planning just gives you a map to follow. The what, the when, the general how. And there are going to be some things that are going to be very specific. Like you're going to, you can't leave certain things to the last second ever. But when you plan out some non negotiables, you're able to execute on them and not be in rush mode or firefighting mode. If you were on my pod, my, not my podcast, my, my Periscope earlier this week, I talked about this idea of rushing around. And if you've ever worked on a project that was started the last possible second, you know that it's a lot of rushing, a lot of fixing things that could have been solved if they were thought about in advance, and you're constantly trying to catch up. Planning gives you room to breathe. One of the most important aspects of a launch to plan out is your communication, because even if you literally just list out that communication that will go out during a launch, this will help you see where you might need more, less, and if you're going if you're going to get in front of the right eyes, you're going to be able to kind of constantly look that over and think it out in a more relaxed state. You can always change the specific message. You can always revise but thinking about what you're going to say in video, in your blog posts, on social media, in your emails, that allows you to be strategic. And there's nothing worse than writing emails during the launch and figuring out what, what you're going to say. Know what the message is at the very least. Outline it, rough it out, do what you have to do to get the general idea down on paper before you open those doors. So I'm going to tell you a story. Um, so... 2014 September launch, probably like one of the best launches of Fearless Launching ever. I was so excited about it. I was really excited about the people that came in where, you know, there were some major pricing changes that I made at the time and it just was great. So here's what happened. I was working on Jonathan Field's Revolution U launch. We didn't have a date. We didn't have a date. It kept slipping. We didn't have a date. We didn't have a date. When are we opening? When are we opening? When are we opening? But there's a lot of things that have to get um, that had to get redone and re revisited for that launch. In the meantime, I said, "Guess what? I've already got my launch planned." And because I knew there were so many unknowns with the Revolution U launch, I knew 
that I needed to get my shiz together and make sure that all my emails were done, that my plan was completely laid out, that I knew what my webinar was going to be, that I knew this, that I knew that. I literally had to figure out everything and pretty much get everything done. So (laughs) funny thing, we ended up opening on the same exact day. And I thought, oh, this is this is scary. And and believe me, I was still stressed. I was really stressed. But what happened is I realized I had plotted out everything in advance. I had created all the emails, even the replay emails. I had been able to I had been able to work everything out in advance. And because of that, my launch wasn't a stress at all. It was, there were tons of unknowns with the Revolution U launch. And it doesn't mean that I didn't change little things on my own launch for Fearless Launching, but, you know, and perhaps had I just been focused on my own, maybe I would have done more. But what I can say is that planning that really took me out of stress mode for my own launch. And because the the thing is, here's the alternative is, You'll be writing emails, putting out messages that will be tainted. And I mean, seriously, by the stress of you being in the middle of your launch, trying to think strategically about what you need to say about something. Like you'll be writing an FAQ email that says, is this right for you? And you just will go blank. It's not a great a place to great place to be. And once stress is turned on, strategic thinking is kind of turned off. And I know a lot of people say, I work well under pressure. That's BS. I'm sorry. Your launch is going to suffer if you wait. Um, At least know, again, the content. If you like writing in the moment, you're super flow, make sure that you have your main points thought out. For me, it did not happen overnight to get this one down. And even though I've been managing launches and big productions for a while now, it's something I have to remind myself to do every single time I launch. I didn't do it. There was a Oh, that's right. In September, maybe August, when I did a, a webinar, I did not think out the whole thing. In fact, I was I thought through the re- replay email and that was it. So I missed some major opportunities to follow up after the fact. And I was like, what is going on, girlfriend? So don't think that you're the only one. But when I listen to my own advice, which I'm doing right now, <laughs> when I work with other people through this plan, I see amazing results. This is why the B-School launches work so well. It's not because things are so locked down that it's like you hit go and they're done. There's still a lot of interaction with those emails, with the communication you're sending out, with this. There's still a lot of stuff happening, but you're able to get the stuff out of the way. You're at least, you've got your map and that is really important. Oh, and just a side note, remember that email that I said I forgot? I mean, that email, those, I didn't, I couldn't find in my Infusionsoft any closing emails for one of my launches. And I thought, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that one in advance. And it's possible I just wanted to close the doors and not have like a big, more rush of people because there was plenty, there were plenty in the program, but I honestly can't even remember at this point. So the so see so that's why going through and making sure you have everything plotted out is super important. It's so easy to say, eh, "I'll skip it," and then you miss an opportunity to connect. 
and to make a sale. Okay, so let's move on to number three, which is Facebook ads. Those are the tweaks that I've made over the last year. Um, What I have discovered is something pretty simple across the board, and that is working with clients who have really big lists, uh, and myself who moderate size, not, not tiny, but it also is the same with people who are just starting out. And here's the deal. The Facebook ads that are leading to something that requires a very low level of commitment, perform better, are cheaper, and therefore, you will, if you make sales as a result of those, those ads, your cost is you're making more money. Because if you're spending, let's say, it, and, and actually, it is quite a difference. So for me, and if you listen to one of my past episodes, I'll make sure I link it in the show notes here, but you can just, you can just head back onto my show page, ansamoylove.com forward slash show, and you'll see that the one thing I realized, I think that it was... Like the the ads that led to the opt-in or the low-level commitment were, were like a dollar or less, maybe like a dollar fifty and less. And then the ones that were for the live webinar that I ran were like two fifty. I think there were some that were four dollars. And so obviously, if both of those things lead to sales, you're making more money with the lower level of commitment. So Anyways, so what I wanted to share about this was though that this year I've taken that a step further because I think that even if you're not planning on running ads, I do think it's a good point to to say, let's start people with that super easy to consume thing. Let's make sure that they don't have to show up necessarily. Give them something easy they can look at, they can learn from right away. So for me, that was turning my... I've been literally, I mean, I still have my launch toolkit, but I've been literally backstepping. So making it just the workbook, then I'm like, you know what, maybe we need to make just a cheat sheet and then slowly deliver those things to them. And eventually they get access, people get access to the library of, of, of content that I have so that that way they start with one thing. So this time around and like the weeks leading up to the webinar that I'm going to be running next week, again, you can find out how to sign up for that over on my site and somewhere So make sure you head over there. And if you're listening to this on my site, then just scroll down and you'll see the sign up someplace on that blog post. In fact, I've got two times listed for for you to choose from. So basically what I'm saying here is that commitment level is super low for a one page cheat sheet. You know that you can literally look at it, scan it, see what you still need to do, and then move on with your day. You'll get value right away. So making sure that they get that quick win of that knowledge, that knowledge burst, and their commitment is super low was a very important thing for me to do first. So of course I I told my list about it as well. People who were already on the list, I told them about it, but it's kind of going to be review for them. But at the same time, it also kind of reignites either their interest or, oh yeah, I don't need really even need help with launching anymore or whatever their case is, whatever their situation is. It either reminds them that they do have more resources from me or it tells them that they're all good or it it um, reignites their interest in general in that part of their business. Maybe maybe they're 
maybe it reminds them that they want to go back and learn more about launching. But for the new people, it's an easy way to get into my world. And then from there, I have other things that I share with them in the coming days. So I think absolutely applying this, whether you plan on running ads or not, is important. But if you are going to run ads, run ads to blog posts. And there is definitely a specific way that you can learn how to make sure you're capturing who that audience is, who's coming from Facebook to your blog posts. You basically set up a specific type of pixel. And basically, it's creating almost like an audience of the people that are clicking on your Facebook link to go to your blog post. And then later, Later, you'll have a group of people who you can market to and you can sell to and you can run ads to and those are even lower. So if you head over to the show notes, you'll see a few of the things that I'm doing right now and it's just so that you get an idea of what I'm doing. But the big discovery here is that not one type necessarily does better than the other, but when compared to ads that went straight to my webinar, there was a huge difference. So I've done ads to my toolkit, to my workbook, now to this cheat sheet. Those all did fairly well. Um, they, I can't say that one, and I have also done ads to a sample, a sample email series for another product. Um, definitely check that initial Facebook ads test podcast episode, and it is linked in the blog post. Plus, you know, so so now you see that I've got all these touch points, the easy, low commitment, and then a little bit more in depth with the workbook, and then they get access to the library. And then guess what? I've got yet another touch, which hopefully even by listening to this podcast today, you've already, maybe you're a little bit more interested, want to hear more things that I have to say about, about sales in general. And I think that, um, I think that what you'll find is that some of like the most basic things can actually improve your sales. And I am going to be sharing those. So again, I don't want to, I feel like I'm harping on this through the whole podcast, but it's really important for me for you to check out the show notes today, sign up for that class because you're going to learn some real reasons why no one's buying five mistakes that you can fix before you launch. I am going to go in depth more on some of these tweaks that I've done that I've shared with you today, but I really would love to see you there at the, at the class because I want to get your questions. I want to get your questions about what you're doing, how you can tweak, because that's my, I feel like I'm the triage tweak. I love, I love tweaking what somebody's doing or kind of talking it out and figuring out some additional things that you could be doing. And if there's one thing that people do when they're during a launch is they come to me saying, will this work? Will this work? Will doing this work? And sometimes it's a straight yes, but sometimes it's a, I don't know, let's try it, but let's do it like this. So anyway, so tweaking your launch is going to be something you do throughout the life of your business. So get used to it, have fun with it. And I hope you enjoyed this short-ish episode today. Definitely head over to the blog and someorelove.com and go to those show notes, which should be right on the right on the front page, depending on when you're listening to this. And I hope to see you at one of my live classes next week. Thank you again so much for listening. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care.